Hello, I'm Curtis Bowers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I hope you had just a wonderful time with family and friends, and hopefully there were some children around to enjoy that enthusiasm and excitement that only a child can have. But uh, hope you had a great week. We had a wonderful week, and it was a lot of fun having the concentrated time with our family. But 2020, we all talked about when it was over, like, boy, that was a year like no other. And now we're at the end of 2021, and we're saying, my goodness, I think 2021 maybe even outdid 2020. And we're heading into 2022, and I think it's going to be another year that will surpass this one. There's an old saying, those who do not learn from history are destined to repeat it. So today, I'm going to go through the 10 lessons we learned in 2021 and then go into a few key things, hopefully, that will help you make an impact uh, in 2022. Things that might help you be more organized, more purposeful, and ready to accomplish much in 2022. So that's what we'll be going into. But I really appreciate you joining me. Those watching on all the different platforms, thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing these and caring about the truth. I hope you'll consider going to agendaweekly.com and become a subscriber where you'll get all the information we provide each week. The news brief, the prayer and action items, the different articles and videos to help you better understand the times. But anyway, thank you so much. I was reviewing the year this last week, just thinking about all the different things that happened, all the different episodes of Agenda Weekly we had, and the key information that was covered to help us, again, understand what's really going on as opposed to what we're being told is going on. And here's some of the key takeaways I want you to remember. It's, it's not only important that we understand what's going on and we learn new things, but we need to remember them. Because that understanding of history is what helps us see clearly the path toward the future and toward this coming year. When I get to number one, I think it's a significant point that you maybe never thought of before at the level I'm going to talk about it. But anyway, we'll get to number one. But right now, number 10, we learned that blue states and blue areas are on a suicidal mission, and we need to work to move to more conservative areas and to be around like-minded people as this war heats up. That was one of our episodes January 16th last year. If you didn't watch it or weren't a subscriber then, it was on 10 states that are good states to possibly consider moving to and why. And you might want to review that. But that was something we really just saw crystal clear my goodness, they are willfully destroying themselves. It's not out of ignorance like we've seen for the 70s, 80s, 90s. It was actions that anyone would say, like defunding the police. That's going to destroy your community. That's going to destroy your state. And they did it anyway. Well, that was something we learned. Number nine. We learned the Department of Justice, along with the FBI, CIA, ATF, IRS, and everybody else, they have been totally captured by our enemies for the sole purpose of tormenting those that love our country and to cover up the crimes of the deep state. I mean, we saw that. Not only did the 
Russian collusion thing fully get exposed as a complete lie from the very beginning, as we knew, but it was the facts were there to show that. It was criminal activity by Obama and Hillary and, and all our Department of Justice. We saw what happened on January 6th, the, the FBI penetration to try to cause problems and the, the attempted kidnapping of Governor Whitmer, the plan. That, then we realized it was all FBI. They were just trying to make it look like the conservative right-wingers are doing evil things. And so as we see that, we realize they are the number one enemy of America. And it's, it's something that's really sobering because when you realize those are the people that are supposed to be gathering information to protect us, to inform us, to help our elected officials know the best way to protect the American people from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And instead, no, no, no. It is a tool of the radical left, the Marxist, to destroy anyone that truly loves our country. Number eight, we learned that the experts can never be trusted. April 17th last year, I had an episode, never, ever, ever trust the experts. And in summary, what we saw because of COVID, because of the measures that were being implemented, that were supposed to be helping people, but were obviously hurting people, and they kept doing them anyway, and they were all based on this is what the experts are saying. It made us understand something very clearly, that you would never want a society to be run by the experts because it necessarily means you're going to have people, because they're an expert in one area, it means they will be ignorant in almost every other area. Well, all problems that deal with society, all problems that deal with real life are multifaceted. They deal with so many different aspects of life and economics and politics and religious things and, and educational things and everything else that we would never want that. And I found it interesting. I was listening to Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale, and he was saying that he found a letter from Winston Churchill when he was 27 years old to H.G. Wells. He was the famous writer, of course, back 100 years ago, writing about the future. And he was a globalist, one world government guy and always saying that in the future, science and the experts will dictate every action of man. Well, Winston Churchill, when he was 27, wrote to him and said, that will never work. You cannot have the experts running things um, because if that happens, they are so blinded to all the areas that they're not experts in, they will make terrible decisions. And we saw that over the last two years, and we've seen it most of our life. Number seven, we learned about some things about education. We know it's been a pathetic educational system for 50 years, but we learned it has become a tool of the radical Marxists to brainwash our children. The goal isn't a good education. It's to make sure they do not get a good education. The system hates parents. We saw that. What have they said the problem was the last 30 or 40 years? They've told us, well, if parents were more involved in the education of their children, the product would be better. Well, we found out this year, that's a lie. 
They hate parents being involved. They don't want parents to have anything to do with the education of their children, especially if they're going to help them get a better education or be concerned about what they're being taught. Well, boy, did we ever see that. And on May 8th, we had an episode, if you haven't seen it, exposing the critical race theory. It's key. You need to watch that. The reality is this. Dr. Ben Carson was talking about this recently. I was listening to him. He said most PhDs today could not pass an eighth grade graduation exam from 100 years ago. That's how we have been so dumbed down. Something is wrong when that's happening. And in June 8th, of this last year, the episode was called Education, Marxism's Greatest Tool. You need to watch that again, even if you watched it, and learn that information. It is a weapon, the educational system. And, and if you really understand that, they're really trying to destroy the hearts and minds and souls of our children, then you realize I, we have to rethink what we're doing. And that's on May 22nd, I had one called Rethinking College and Career. We learned this year, as we've known for several, but in the educational system, from college, we're losing 90% of our children. They're being so brainwashed, they're losing touch with reality, and blindly just following Marxist dogma as if they were robots. Well, that's, that's what's happened. And so we need to think about college and universities. They've been captured, almost all of them nationwide, including all the Christian schools. And so, again, I've always said, man, I would rather my kids work at Taco Bell their whole life, but be wise, understand the times, if they had to do that, which is, of course, that's not the alternative, as opposed to go to college and get brainwashed and destroy your life. But there's entrepreneurial things I think we can encourage our children in and see them flourish and prosper independent of big business or big government. And it's a blessing to see that. Number six, we learned about the media. I know, I know, we already knew so much about the media. Yeah, we did. But we learned we don't have a free and independent national media at all. In the final step, they have always been corrupt and biased. That, that's always been the way they've been. But now it really has become a ministry of propaganda, just like the Soviets had. When they cover up life-saving medications and things like that, because that's what the establishment wants them to do. And that's what big pharma and, and big government wants them to do, where they're literally pushing out things that are costing people their lives. Then you realize, okay, that's totally different than just being biased about Republicans or Democrats. That's being evil. That's being where you're rotting to the core. That's satanic. And that's what we learned about the media. On a side note, that's why we started Agenda Weekly over a year ago, because we realized people need to be able to get facts from a Christian biblical worldview so they understand the times, but where they don't have to spend their entire life trying to figure out what's going on. Then they'll have more time for action and to make a difference, and we hope it has been a blessing. Number five, we learned a lot about medicine and the medical industry. Again, just like the media, when we saw the medical industry that's supposed to be there 
to preserve life, to protect life, to do nothing that would harm someone. The oath they take when they become a doctor. Um, we learn, no, they were withholding real solutions to profit off of death and suffering. I mean, a complete flip. Maybe it's been, oh, it's hard to find a good doctor in the past. Maybe it's been, it's hard to find, you know, a sharp doctor that really digs in to find answers to problems and things. But now you go, you have a whole industry that 90% of them are just do what they're told. Well, that's not what a doctor's job. A doctor is to be an investigator, to be a researcher, to be someone that loves people and serving them. So the passion he has for his patients self-motivates him to come up with the best solutions to help their problems. And we saw that's not the case. March 27th, we had an episode, COVID weaponized. You need to watch it. The whole medical industry now has been hijacked to cut world population. That's the focus now. And to make a fortune in the meantime by creating more diseases and problems so they can sell you more medications and vaccines and things like that. We also on October 9th had a key episode called The COVID Conspiracy. If you haven't watched that lately, you need to watch that one. There was a lot of very powerful information in that. Number four, we learned from activity all over Virginia and in different states that local activism does make a difference. And that was very encouraging. We saw a lot of people and parents finally say, enough is enough. And their action really started to make a difference. And that was encouraging. July 10th, we had an episode about building community. Go back and watch that and remember those principles that Jeff Botkin taught us about what they've done in Tennessee in their community. And it's incredible. I've been there and seen it. But you really can make a difference. Yes, it has to be small. It has to be local. But that's important because you change one spot on the map, it can spread to others, and it can eventually be big change for our country. September 18th. I really got into it. This is a passion of mine, how we need to buy local. We need to buy from small business. We need to keep our money in our communities as much as possible. And we cannot, whatever the case may be, we cannot be funding the enemy by funding big business that is promoting every bad cause possible, every anti-American cause possible. We can't be funding China that is our number one enemy. Everything we buy at Walmart, they simply take that money to buy more bullets and weapons for their military to eventually take us over. We can't do that. And so that was a key thing we learned, to be locally activated, building a strong community, supporting the community by spending all of your dollars as close to home as possible. And over time, it does make a big difference. Number three, we learned that the woke revolution really is just a communist revolution. The divide, conquer, and destroy strategy is classic Marxism from 100 years ago. And that's all it is about. And we need to just say no to it. And we refuse to even bend our knee or pretend that we are not offended by their very existence, by offended by everything they're trying to put forward. And then also, 
where we're willing to point the finger and call them liars when it is appropriate to do that. We cannot just cower and be quiet or that revolution will eventually be successful in perpetrating a real revolution with bullets and tanks. Number two, we're almost there before I get into things to help you have a more successful 2022. And number two on our list of what we learned this year was we learned that the globalists are dead set on transforming the world by 2030. I mean, we, we know they've wanted to take over the world for 100 years and wanted to have world government. But we now don't know it is pinpoint laser focused on 2030. And from all the meetings from Davos to D.C., globalist meetings were happening all over the world this year. And they are dead serious about it. One of our episodes that you need to go back and watch, even if you watched it, but especially if you haven't, is May 1st. We had one called Understanding the Deep State. And I started back with Cecil Rhodes back in the 1800s to show you what has happened and how it has happened where these globalists have been able to unite, organize, strategize, buy up banking and the different things they needed to so they could control the currency, so they could control the world, so they could eventually get control of media, education and entertainment, and then use that to manipulate people into buying into their vision of the future, which is a one world totalitarian government. That's a key one that you need to watch. Then on June 26th, we had an episode called America at War. We need to be constantly reminded of this because our life in America is so wonderful and so blessed. And with our family and our freedoms that we still have, we forget that our country is in a war that is as hot as World War II. And they are being so successful. They are winning. We are losing this war for our country. I think more and more people are waking up now because they started to see that. So I'm hoping that God will bless our efforts to, to start pushing back and changing things. But we need to be constantly reminded of that. Because if you don't realize you're at war, you're not going to be in the fight. You're not going to be fighting. You're not going to be standing. You're not going to be doing what you can to make a difference. But once you realize, no, no, we're literally losing our country. We are losing our children. We have been penetrated and infiltrated and subverted from within. Every institution in America is controlled by those that hate America. When you realize that, you go, oh, my goodness, I have my work cut out for me, which you do and we all do. And I think the number one thing I learned and I want to share with you is they know exactly what they are doing. Let me explain that. Yes, I, I've talked about it in my films and things. The left knows they're trying to grind America down. Crystal clear. They want a revolution in America. They want to take America down so they can have world government. So that's part of they know exactly what they're doing. But it's deeper than that. I came across a few things over the last week and was reminded of some things I already knew that made me realize this is really a battle of truth against lies, of righteousness against evil, of God 
against Satan. It's crystal clear, and the elites know that. They know exactly what they are doing. And some things they've done show me they know they are literally at war with God, and they literally think in their stupidity and ignorance they can take him. And let me let me explain. In Daniel 7, verse 6, is Daniel, he was talking about a beast, an empire that was to come one day. And, and this is one thing he said about it. He said, After this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. So he's talking about, okay, here's another thing I saw. And you go, well, that's not very descriptive. I mean, that doesn't go into detail. But then when you go to Revelations, it goes into detail. Listen to this. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. And just remember this, because I'm going to show you a picture in a second. And that's exactly what I'm describing here. This thing has wings on its back. Daniel already talked about it thousands of years ago. And then John is talking about it. But here's the detailed description. It was likened to a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. It's talking about the beast, and Satan is giving the beast that will rule the earth, the one world government one day, gave him his power. Look at this picture. Do you see that? Do you know what that is? That is an idol that the United Nations has recently put up. Look at that. It's a leopard with the mouth of a lion and the feet of a bear and the wings of a fowl, exactly like the Bible said. What does that tell you? They know they're mocking God by saying, we are going to be the beast, (laughs) They put a big idol of the beast from the Bible, the Antichrist, what the Bible describes it as being like, and they put it outside of their building there and say, that's what we're doing. And you think, well, that's just to have to be a coincidence or something. No, and then I started to remember things I already know. Look at this. This is a picture of the European Union's building in Brussels. Look at this. Do you see that? And now look at the picture on there. Is there any similarities? It's a replica of the Tower of Babel, where man came together trying to reach to heaven to become God. And they put that out there. And to make it crystal clear, look at this picture here I'm going to show you. This is a statue that is outside of that Tower of Babel. It's a lady riding the beast is the name of the the statue there. And listen to this in Revelation 17, talking about that image you're looking at. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the Tower of Babel, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. I mean, it's, it's, it's saying, it's telling us all we want to be the beast. We want to be riding the beast. The European Union 
and the globalists of the world. They want to be on that beast and riding the beast. As I've studied this for years, I always thought the elites are just ignorant. Yeah, they're power-hungry fools, and, but they don't understand this war we're in and this battle and that God is God and all that. And I'm like, no, they do. And so in Revelations, when it tells us that the second coming, when Jesus comes down riding a white horse out of heaven, they're going to go, let's get him. They're literally going to go, we can take him. That's that's level of stupidity, the creator of the universe, and you're like, we can take him. But that's what Satan does. He blinds you to the foolishness of your own self-destruction, and that's what it's all about. But it also reminded me then of a key point. This is a key point. Listen, the Pharisees back when Jesus was on earth and was proving to everyone he was who he said he was. He was the Son of God. He was the Messiah. It dawned on me, those Pharisees didn't kill him because he was a fake. They killed him because he was the real thing. They knew he was the Messiah. And that's why they had to kill him. The elites always want to destroy whoever is in competition with them. And that's the same thing as it'll be now. They know there's a God. There's not a single atheist elite in the world. They are Luciferians. They worship Satan. And they are so into this. As some of the things we've talked about over this last year, the Out of the Shadows documentary showing they're literally worshiping Satan in Hollywood. It's not like a, a little game or something. And we're just so naive to realize, no, this is a real thing going on. We know God's real, but I sometimes don't think we're as serious about the reality that Satan is real too. And just like Jesus and God have disciples and followers, Satan does too. And it's a huge part of the population. And I would say, go so far as to say, it's the majority of those who are in power because that's who gave them their power. And so anyway, one other thing on here that I thought was really interesting. And just a reminder with what's happened this year with the COVID passports and everything. In Revelation here, is talking about this beast that's coming, the leopard we looked at and everything. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, which is really interesting. So they knew we're worshiping Satan, who's the dragon in the Bible, who's given power to the beast. Yeah, we like the beast, the Antichrist, the leader of the one world government, but we're worshiping the one who gives of his power, which is Satan. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he hath the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name, which is 666. That seemed like a crazy thing five years ago. And today, it's spreading all over. You will not be able to buy or sell without this identification thing. It's all setting up, which means uh, it's a time where we need to, and we're going to in 2022, work toward a great Christian reset. Much of what has happened has happened because we were not doing the things God has asked us to do in raising our family, being the salt and the light in our community, making a difference wherever we go. We didn't do that. And so now we need to have a reset back to the old ways, the proven biblical ways that for thousands of years brought blessing and prosperity 
and just just a, a tight, healthy communities of people trying their best to live by biblical principles. And we also see from the list we just went through, all the systems have been corrupted. We're going to have to work toward coming up with ideas and uh, having parallel systems in every area. And I know a lot of people are talking about this now. We're going to track that stuff down and find out how each of us can be more effective at building local and changing things in our own life. Even if no one else is going to, we're going to reset our families. We're going to reset our churches. We're going to reset our, our economic systems and, our, and the way we do things back to the old ways because now is the time. And um, again, I think 2022 is going to be a very interesting year. And I'm excited that we're able to meet together like this weekly to encourage, inspire, motivate, and learn. And um, here's a few things for 2022 I want you to think about. As this year comes to a close and as the next year gets started, here's some things. First of all, I want you to reflect. I want you um, to look at the last year. Look at the past year in your own life. Lessons learned, things that you would change, that you wish you would have done you didn't do. God, look at God's blessings and correction in your life. What did he teach me? In which ways did he bless me? And be grateful for those things. Things accomplished. Don't always just focus on, oh, we got all these problems. We do. But a lot happened this last year that was good. And we need to be grateful for that. We need to look at the good and bad in America Look at your prayers, the things you asked God about and prayed about, how God answered those, maybe differently than you would hoped, but his answers are always the right ones. And we have to remember that. It might not be what you wanted, but it was perfect in the plan he has for your life. Books read. Sit down and spend a little time thinking of the books you read, what you learned in those books, and make sure you're assimilating that into your life into who you are. Make sure you're sharing that information with others. If we just learn things and don't do anything with the information, it's a complete waste of time, and we don't want to do that. And then, of course, I think it's great to set goals for the new year, things you're going to work at in your relationship with God, and your marriage, and your family, and your finances, and local politics in your area, and your church. How can you have more of an impact in your church or find a good church if you haven't found one? And just being purposeful. The more focused we are on making plans and, and preparing to, to do the things we can do, I think God's pleased with that. And the guy that's been planning, strategizing, and being purposeful will always be far more successful than the guy that hasn't. But I, I thank God for you. And I think it's time to buckle up your seatbelts for 2022 because it's, it's, I, think, I think it's going to be a great year. I don't know why. I just feel like, you know, we've got a lot of battles to fight. We've got the elections coming up, the midterms. How's that going to go? Have they corrupted the whole thing? Are we going to be able to do something or not at the local level? Are people going to continue to wake up as they're pushed more into a corner with booster shots and more booster shots and passports? Or are they going to, or is there going to be more resistance? Well, we're going to see. It's key years to be alive and to be active, and it's wonderful. Here's the verse for this week. 
and I hope it will be something as you memorize it that you'll remember. And my prayer for you is this, and here's what it is. It's John 10, 27. As Jesus talking, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I pray that you will get saved if you're not, and if you are, I pray that you will hear his voice, and you will follow him, regardless of the cost, regardless of how you might be intimidated by those around you or whatever, but you'll be willing to just stand cheerfully and lovingly with the truth in a world that's starting to hate truth more and more every day. So the verse is, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Be thankful that he knows you. And um, I just appreciate you. I hope you have a happy new year. And until next week or next year, God bless you.